Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brimson, NFL insider Jason Lacanfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast. We are live from what? What? We're not. We're not Radio Row. It's Will Brinson and Nick Costas. Jason Lockenfor and Pete Prisco are so busy working in Minnesota that they could not join us. Nick, do you believe for a second that they're doing anything? Yeah, it's so busy last night that when um when I needed them to do some stuff on the Kirk Cousins uh, Alex Smith thing. Um, where are they? They're at a party. Good stuff. Super Bowl week at a party when you should be working. Appreciate it, guys. Well, I will say that two, so this is fascinating. This is like some dumb behind the curtain, you know, by, you know, making the sausage type of situation thing for the, for the Alex Smith Kirk Cousins trade, which you and I are going to dive into at length. Uh, oh, we also deep. have a Super Bowl storyline. Deep dive. Throw We're going Super deep. Storylines. Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady. I'm talking, I'm talking deep. Radio Row fights. Uh, Philly Inquirer stories about Aaron Hernandez. We'll get into all of that. But first, um, so this trade involving the uh, the current the old Washington quarterback and the new Washington quarterback, Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, went down not only on Tuesday night of Super Bowl week, which is when the media party happened. So every member of the media flocks to the media party because it's it's fun. I mean, like it's cool. It's free food. Yeah, I think the media party is kind of overrated. And like, no, the- I think. See, I thought it was overrated at first. I actually think it's underrated. It, don't get me wrong. It's not like that great, like in terms of being like the best, but it is, it's like, there's tons of hors d'oeuvres, there's free booze. And it's, it, I don't know. I, I think it's hors d'oeuvres and free booze at every Super Bowl party. The best yeah. Super Bowl party every, every year is the Bud Light party on Friday and Saturday night. That is correct. 100%. Um, do you know, one time we got, uh, the fire marshal locked us out of it in New Orleans. Um, and we had to get, uh, so we're standing there and we had interviewed, uh, Champ Kind. Uh, what's oh, his the, name? The, oh, the New Orleans one was great. Uh, Flo Rider performed at that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what's his name? Um, his real name. I know, I know what you're talking about. The Champ Kind from Whammy from Anchorman. He comes walking down the street. We're like, yo. He's like, hey, CBS Sports. How's it going? We're like, can you get us in the Bud Light party since, you know, you're with Bud Light? He couldn't get in. The fire marshal had locked it down. It was crazy. I, um, I am not going to reveal my sources about how we used to get into the Bud Light party, but we used to get in through a back entrance every year. I cannot reveal how it happened, but that is a true story. My favorite um, – and again, we'll get to the Alex stuff in a second. Now, now I'm thinking about Super Bowl. I wish I was in – I'm leaving tomorrow, Thursday morning from Minnesota. We'll do a live pick show, me, Pete, and Jason from Radio Row. Maybe we'll bring in John Breach. He'll be down there. Um, Nick, will call you, I guess. Sure. Sure. Why not? We'll figure out the details. And then depending on whether we can get Pete and Jason to put on some big boy pants, we might do a post Super Bowl show. If oh, you no, want we're, to hear we have, that, we're doing the post Super Bowl show. That that's well, happening. It has to happen. Tweet, tweet us. If you listen and you love this show and we appreciate everybody who always tweets us, tweet us and say, Hey, and make sure you tag Jason and Pete at Prisco CBS at Jason Lockenforsay. Most importantly, at Prisco CBS. Say, hey guys, we would really appreciate it if you put on big boy pants 
and did a post Super Bowl show. We we but, need but that. No, for- but no, we have to. We're gonna have to write after the game ends. Yeah, no, no bleep. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Like I'm literally, have- like like this is like the end of the year here. Yes, yes, you have to work. I'm gonna have to write 800 words in an obvious situation involving a quarterback from the Super Bowl. Get out of here, Pete. Here's where I would be annoyed if I were you specifically, Will, because we bust your chops about this kind of stuff all the time. And now, like, if you said something like that, it would oh be relentless. Oh, my God. Relentless. Relentless. Yeah. And, th- and now Pete's pulling that same act, and we cannot let him get away with it. No, absolutely not. And, and look, I mean, like, it's going to be late, but it's a freaking Super Bowl. We'll go get some cocktails. <laughs> it's Sunday. Yeah, I mean, up up we'll figure out some situation where we get some cocktails and we fire up a headset. I'll bring a mixer and a microphone or something. I don't know. We'll figure out something. Um, but let them know that we that you want us to record if you do want us to record. And that way we can get the show fired out and we can get those those little sissies. I couldn't say sissies. I don't, can you even say sissies in 2018? It's annoying. Yeah, yeah, no, no. They're sissies. Yeah, they're sissies. Um, oh, yeah, but my favorite Super Bowl event personally – uh, was in New Orleans, Stevie Wonder at a Bud Light party. And everybody was at Justin Timberlake at the DirecTV oh, party. Oh, so, yes. I was there for this. Yes. For Stevie Wonder? And, and who came out and performed with Stevie Wonder at the end? Like someone came out at the end and did like a song with Stevie Wonder at the end. Yes, they did. And I can't remember who now. I can't remember either. I was not sober. Far no, from. not at all. Um, I once saw Buster Rhymes um, rap, bef- rap and, uh, and he, he lost a chain. He was going so aggressively on stage that a $10,000 chain came flying off like his hand or his neck or something. And they, they had to stop. They're like, uh, yes, Buster has lost a piece of jewelry. If everybody could look down below them and see if they find it. It's like, yeah, right, buddy. Uh, a flow rider performs at every Super Bowl, I think, at one of these parties. Like, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like he's he's always at Super Bowl week. He and, he's Pitbull, he and Pitbull are just Cryogenically frozen? Is that how you said that? Sorry. Um, cryogenically, yeah. Cryogenically but, frozen. But, but, who, but who doesn't love after, like, you've had, like, four or five drinks, like, Flow Rider or Pitbull? And here's the thing about those guys. Especially, like, Flow Rider, like, they come up and, like, all, like he does eight songs and you you know the words to all of them. And, if yeah, someone and I'm like, asked, I've hey, never listened to Flow Rider once in my correct. life, but like, I know like, all eight name, songs. Name a Flow Rider song. You can't name one. I'm but then eight, eight play in a row and you know the words to every chorus. That's, that's true. It's 100% true. How, how, about, how about the night? What about San, when we were in San Francisco a couple years ago? Which wow. which, which, which night? Which one? The Super Bowl a couple years ago. That one night when we were out in San Francisco when you had your uh, when you had Fat Will Brinson, your buddy, out with you. Hey, my buddy Drew. What? Uh, what? Wait, wait, wait. What? What's? What specific night? I feel like lots of nights happened. I was only there, I think, for two nights, and one of them was well. Well, there was the the Pete the Pete Prisco pizza night with Mark Davis, and then oh. there was. And then there was the other night when we walked like halfway across San Francisco to go to some dive bar. Oh my God! Yeah, we stayed up to like three. No, 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 it was like a cool like hipster bar. Oh, God, no, I don't it was remember. fun. No, no, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember anything after we entered that bar. Like, <laughs> and we entered that bar at like midnight. I don't remember anything after that. We walked through the tenderloin. It was insane. It was. It was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I forgot about that. So, so um, basically, the long and short of it is Super Bowl week is is a blast. Was, yeah. I, I, for my and I put this out in the last podcast. I'm doing this January thing. It's kind of annoying. Today, uh, today is January 31st. Smell you later, January. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. have a nice. If I'm up at midnight, I'm gonna have I'll probably have a beer tonight. Um, but uh, I won't be up at midnight because I fly out early. But the point is that it's kind of nice not to be in Minnesota because you know I, my liver, my my body can take a little break here. But I, and you look good, and you look good, and I and nice. you look and look 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 always criticize everyone when they look bad. It's worth noting, <laughs> Brinson, 
Brinson looks good. Like you lost some tan. I need some, I need some. I need some tanning bed action from Pete. I need some tanning bed tips from Pete. I'll be fine. I was at, I was at the tanning bed yesterday. I'm like a nice maple syrupy brown at the moment. No, but you, you look did? you look good. You've lost some you, weight. You're on, you're on camera a lot more than me. Um, I just got some interviews on Friday from Radio Road. Okay, so let's get to the Alex Smith. <laughs> now that we're done with the banter, the friendly banter, Alex Smith. Traded from the Kansas City Chiefs, Nick Costas, to the Washington Redskins. The implications of this 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 trade are far-reaching across the NFL. The the most obvious one, and I included this in the headline. It doesn't often happen where you include a separate player in a headline for when a big name when the, the guy the guy who led the league in quarterback rating this year, Alex Smith, is traded. It's not often you include a different name in the headline, but Kirk Cousins, to me, is the biggest impact situation here. Alex Smith has traded the contract he got from the Redskins worth a reported $90 million, 71 in guaranteed money, and 23.5. And now uh, Ian Rappaport is tweeting, five years, this is a full contract for Alex Smith, five years, $111 million, 71 million guaranteed. So he's basically got a three year guaranteed contract. The Redskins also gave up a third round pick for him and cornerback Kendall Fuller, who didn't even know he was being traded. Yeah, poor Kendall Fuller, but he's a good player too. Um, Alex Smith is a big winner in this deal, but I don't think the Redskins are big winners in this deal. Oh, no. I mean, and, and this is the perspective I look at it from. Look, I, I don't mind the contract for Alex Smith. Like you said, it's three years. What Alex Smith is what, 33 years old? So I mean, even like up until age 36, it's not like he has an arm that's going to get weaker. Like he's never really had that strong an arm to begin with. And he's more of a cerebral passer anyway. And he's in a cerebral type offense. And I think the offense actually does kind of suit Alex Smith the way that, that, um, that Jay Gruden calls that offense. So I don't know that it's really like Alex Smith is going to a territory that's unfamiliar for him. And for Alex Smith, yes, of course, huge winner. He gets a new contract, um, to a place, to a team that, that wanted him to be there. So Alex Smith obviously, is uh is a huge winner in this one. And I don't I can't even kill the contract. I mean, the price of doing business for the NFL at the quarterback position is very high. Like I didn't blink an eye when the Bears gave Mike Lennon 18 million. Like it was a little crazy, but like <laughs> you pay you pay presumptive starting quarterbacks in the range of like 18 to 25 million. 18 at the low end, what, 25 and then that now we'll probably see with Kirk Cousins will be closer to 30. So this is what happens. And and Alex Smith is going to be cheaper obviously than Cousins is going to be on the open market. But that being said, if I were a Redskins fan, I would be apoplectic because I like Alex Smith and you talk about the quarterback rating. Great. And, and, and you had a couple great tweets and you had, you had a couple notes in the column that you wrote. He was 50 and 26 with Kansas city, 19, five and one his last two years with the 49ers. He's a winning quarterback, right? He wins more games than he loses. Yes. Here's the problem. I don't think he's ever winning a Super Bowl. I don't think he's ever getting you over the hump. That's why as a fan, if I'm a Redskins fan, I am. And I don't use this term lightly devastated, devastated by this news, because I think this basically banishes you to what? At best, a 10-6 and six season and a loss in the divisional round? At best, at best with Alex Smith, and that's really the problem. Yeah, and, and so it's interesting. So from the Redskins' perspective, and if you're a Redskins fan, I think you have to look at this like, okay, we had three possible paths that we could have taken at this po- at this juncture in time. We could give Kirk Cousins the biggest contract in NFL history, which is not a a delightful thing to do, right? No, and it it was never going to – and I got to be honest, and look, I don't know this for a fact. No one knows. I don't think Cousins was going back there. That's just my – I don't think he wanted to go back there. I think – I mean, I think for the same reason that if you are dating a girl who keeps breaking up with you – It's it's Stockholm Syndrome. Like, at what point are you like, you know what, like – 
you guys have been lowballing me for like for a long time now. And like I keep proving that like, yes, I'm valuable on the open market and you guys screwed the pooch. So now I'm going to go and I'm going to get paid somewhere else. I would do that in a heartbeat if I were Kirk Cousins. I thought Joe Banner had a really good tweet about this. He said, look, if I take the Kirk Cousins situation in totality, I give them an F. They screwed it up. They botched it badly. Jason Lockenfora has pointed this out on Twitter over the last 24 hours that the Redskins could have, as soon as Kirk Cousins was named their starter, they knew that his contract was running up against a time frame, right? Because just because he'd sat behind Robert Griffin III for several years as they tried to figure that out. They could have gone to Kirk Cousins and said, we're going to give you four, we're going to give you 50 million guaranteed over four years. This is an insane contract for a guy who hasn't played a lot and a guy who's older on the back end of a rookie deal, but we're going to pay you now. It would have been, it would have been player friendly at the time and it would have worked out for them. Now, hindsight is easy to say that, but I think people have been, you know, people have been saying, Hey, look, if Kirk plays well, you're going to have a problem on your hands. That's just how the NFL works. Um, here's, here's where it's like, it's, it's so ridiculous. So two seasons ago, when they hit him with the first franchise tag, after he led them to the division title, they lost in the wild card round to the Packers. Pay like, him then. How, how do you not pay him then? Yeah. And then you and then you avoid the outrageous second franchise tag because you paint yourself into a corner and you avoid the situation here. And the other part of this is, if you had to pick in a vacuum, who would you rather have, Kirk Cousins or Alex Smith? I I think the upside is higher with Cousins. Like if yeah. I could, yes, have, you, know, you would definitely take Cousins over Smith. Yes, I would. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I don't know that it's such a slam dunk, but I do think Cousins is the better player. Cousins is younger, so I would take Cousins over Smith. He's four years younger. I mean, look, Kirk Cousins is not young. He's 29, okay? So if you gave him a – if somebody out there gives him a five-year, $150 million deal, whatever this insane contract's going to be, you're buying him into his mid-30s, at which point he is Alex Smith now. Um, so – Back to the three-pass thing. I, I don't think it was viable, as you said, for whatever reason, the marriage wasn't going to continue. It wasn't viable to pay Kirk Cousins unholy money for the for the long haul. I don't think it was going to work. The Redskins didn't want to do it. Cousins was ambivalent about coming back to Washington. They were going to always going to be sort of bad feelings about whatever deal got reached. And I don't Absolutely. think the, the Redskins were going to be willing to just give him this huge deal that's fully guaranteed, nor were they willing to commit to building around it. So that path was sort of blocked, and that's how we got here in the first place, right? The second path was pay Kirk Cousins a, a third straight franchise tag, $34 million on a one-year contract, Absolutely. and then have zero control because you can't franchise tag him after that. Zero control over his future after 2018. He has shown he will play out the tags. So that wasn't really viable either. If you did that, you were going to have to draft someone in the 2018 draft, and you were going to have to draft whoever fell to you because you had an okay season. You don't have a top five pick, et cetera. The other option was to go out and be aggressive and pursue a guy like Alex Smith, who now gives you three years, as we point out with that contract, with, with that, you know, it's $111 million over five years, but it's a three-year deal. He's 33. Um, you get a guy that gives you stability, gives you a high floor in terms of your quarterback position, and you can go out in this draft or you can go out in the next draft and you can find a quarterback at some point to draft and develop. So I think that the Redskins, while they screwed the whole thing up, I don't hate the idea of getting Alex Smith. They're, like in totality over the past three years, they screwed the whole thing up. I don't hate getting Alex Smith in this spot and swapping him out with Kirk Cousins for for a short period, I do dislike giving up the pick in ex, you know exchange for Smith and Kendall Fuller. I think that the swap itself is not great. So I think here's what this this trade tells you, and certainly I think what it tells me or it told me. I think that Bruce Allen and Jay Gruden think that this team is not that far away from really competing because Maybe. if they felt if they felt like we were far away. 
you just you stand pat, you let Kirk Cousins walk, and you take a quarterback in the first round, yeah. and you develop that quarterback. Maybe you sign a bridge guy. I'm just tossing it. Maybe like a Josh McCown, for instance. It, may, it doesn't have to be McCown, but someone of that ilk, someone who can come in and play for a year while you develop the young guy. Maybe it's Baker Mayfield. Maybe Josh Allen falls to you. Lamar Jackson. Who the hell knows how it's going to turn out come April? But this tells me that they, they think that they're fairly close. And when you look at the roster, it's not bad. It really isn't. The division is good, and that's obviously a problem, right? But they had so many injuries last year on the offensive line and on the defensive side of the ball here that it's really hard to kind of evaluate how good this team actually is because they were dropping like flies last year. I mean, it was it's almost like, and I'm a Giants fan, so it sounds crazy to say this, but the Giants have been a walking mash unit for years now. The Redskins last year, I would have to look at the stats here. I can't think, I can't imagine there was a team that had worse injury luck in 2017 than the Redskins. So them making this deal, I think, tells you that they think that they're close to being a playoff team or else they wouldn't have done it. And I think what they do in the first round will show you further evidence of that. So if that first round pick, they use it to maybe take an offensive lineman, bolster the defense a little bit, because I think they're pretty good at the skill positions, right? So if they do that, then I think that's another sign that they're looking to compete. If they take a quarterback, maybe then they're doing, okay, fine, like maybe Alex Smith. And we have to see the language on the contract because who knows when they can get out of it. But I think it's going to be very telling what the Redskins do this offseason will tell all of us where they view their team to be. And I think this is step one to show us that, yeah, they don't think that that they're that far off from competing with the Eagles at the top of this division. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The uh, Football Outsiders does adjusted games lost every year. They're, it won't come out till April for the 2017 article. Usually, I think 2016 came out. But I will blindly guess – and feel very confident in saying that the Washington Redskins will be a top five team in adjusted games lost to injury this year because of bad luck. They just had bad luck. It happens to teams. Like, you remember, like, remember like the old video yearbook that would come out for every team every single year? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, giant, the Giants ones every year. It would yeah. be like 1996. They were like 5 and 11. It's like, this sucks. Like, like, the, like, the, like the picture on the front of the video yearbook would be Jay Gruden's face as he watches an offensive lineman writhe on the ground in pain. <laughs> yeah. Like Morgan Moses is down holding his leg and Jake Root is standing there on the sideline. Like, what have I got? Like, like who the hell are we going to put at right tackle? I remember, I mean, like you're joking, but it's true. I remember that, that Redskins-Cowboys game on, I think it was a Thursday night game, right? You know, I, I took the Redskins as one of my best bets for the uh, for the Odd Shark. Um, the I know Super- it was a Sunday game. The game that Zeke rolled all over them. Yeah, but it was like, yeah, okay, it was a primetime game. I just remember watching the game and thinking, I knew they were hurt on this offensive line. They can't do anything. Like, oh, it was, that was the Thursday night game in Dallas. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it's like it's like they were they were dogs by like seven or something. You're like, but they're just not gonna they're not gonna cover. They're not gonna win. They're, they're too banged up. This is not happening. Like it, they can't. It's not. So yeah, I agree with you. The Redskins with Alex Smith, Jonathan Allen will be coming back. You know, they got to make a decision on Josh Norman, but they freed up some cap space here, so that's a big deal. They can they can be a little bit aggressive um, with their roster. Rashad Breland is a free agent too, so the Kendall Fuller just got traded. Cornerback could be a dicey spot. I think they kind of have to bring back Norman at that point. Um, offensively, though, I think they'll, they'll be fine. Like like Jordan Reed, Josh Doxson, Jamison Crowder, um, and then the combo of Chris Thompson and Samaj P. Ryan in the backfield. You can, you can get a running back, obviously. Yeah, like sure. that, that I'm not concerned about. Yeah, so, but I mean, like. Those weapons in the passing game are like not no, are, are, too are far off from what the Chiefs have. Correct. If they stay healthy, I, I, to- I totally agree. The offense, if if the line can stay healthy, the offense is going to be good next year. Like yeah. this is not like like the Redskins are not going to suck next year unless like okay. they have like the same injury or Alex Smith gets hurt. Right? They're not going to be bad. 
Like, and I think the offense is going to be pretty good. And look, would it shock you right now? And we have a whole offseason to play out. We have free agency in the draft, and who knows what the hell is going to happen. It wouldn't surprise me if next year the Redskins are a playoff team. But again, they're in the much- division. It would not surprise you. Like, I might not pick it to happen, but it wouldn't surprise you. Like, the team is not bad, and Alex Smith is not bad. But again, the problem with Alex Smith that manifests itself every single year, whether it's in San Francisco or – and San Francisco is not really fair because the one time they got to the NFC Championship game, they didn't lose because of him because Kyle Williams put the two punts on the ground. But when it comes down to it, I don't have confidence in his ability to get it done in a big spot. And I think that any Chiefs fan would tell you that it's true. I think if you ask any Redskins fan that is not viewing this with burgundy colored glasses here, that they would tell you the same thing also. Like, you can't be happy about this because I don't know that he's, and maybe he'll shove it up my you know what and everyone else's too at some point. And, and, and God bless him if he does. I'm not rooting I think we could say ass. I think we could say ass. Sure. So maybe he it does sounds that. Sounds weird to say shove it up my. Yeah, yeah. I, but yeah, but saying he's an ass. Saying, feels no, like no, no, no. But saying ass uh, separately feels differently than saying shove it shove up. It. Yes, it does. So, so maybe you'll stick it where the sun doesn't shine. To me, no, counter, counterpoint to the Smith so thing is Kirk Cousins good in big spots. I don't know that you, we know it yet. <laughs> I, I, I will say that's the problem. He hadn't got like. I, I will say the one big, like theoretical big spot that Kirk Cousins had Giants game. He failed miserably. Week 17 against the Giants last year. Giants, nothing to play for. Seeding already locked in. Redskins winning in the postseason at home. Giants go out there and win that game. And Cousins was abysmal in that spot. But I Also I, played kind of an egg against the Packers in the playoffs game. Just, yeah, but that was... Yeah, that was I'm, his only playoff game. I don't know. I'm, I'm, just willing, I'm willing to forgive that one. I, I'm not willing to forgive the Giants one. I, I, I agree with that. I, look, I think that... I think that you can effectively say that giving up Kirk Cousins for Alex Smith is a wash. It will make Redskins fans unhappy because they gave up a player and a pick and they signed Alex Smith to a big contract and Cousins and they drafted Cousins. Like that's, that's a problem. Like if you draft a guy like Cousins in the fourth round and you gave up all those picks for RG3, at least if you'd signed him and he stayed for eight years, you could say, you know what? We screwed that draft up, and we wasted a lot of draft capital, and we bought the RG3 thing, but we got a starting quarterback out of the draft. It doesn't matter how we got him. We got a starting quarterback, and now they, they, didn't, they didn't really do it. They just signed Alex Smith. Um, okay. you, know what, and you know what's fun now? And, like, and I think you're probably going in the same direction I, I'm going to go right now is that overnight the Kansas City Chiefs have gone from being one of the most boring, nondescript, vanilla sexy offenses AM. in the NFL to, to maybe the most exciting offense in the NFL because I, I freaking – Love Patrick Mahomes. So, Love so, Mahomes. so last night I'm, I, I was up um, and I was I was writing these articles. And when the news broke, I had this like dynasty league that I'm in. It's not the one that I'm in with you. It's a different one. I, I don't really, I don't care about it, whatever. But last year during the season, somebody on the on another team had Patrick Mahomes as a practice squad player, and I made a claim on him. And the guy gave him to me for a third round pick in this year's rookie draft. And my first thought was, oh, my God, I got Patrick Mahomes. I got Patrick Mahomes. He's got a monster arm. I mean, like, he, like he's going to be fun to watch. I mean, like, he he is going to be exciting to watch in Andy Reid's offense. Now, the Chiefs, interestingly enough, I think, as a result of this trade, have a, a higher ceiling. They also have a lower floor because we don't know what Patrick Mahomes looks like in a full season. He is a – you know, he is a – Talented. He was good in week 17, man, against against that Broncos team that was playing people. He was, he was also really bad. Good. He was also bad in spots. He made some bad throws in that game. Well, he was really – he overall, he was very good in that I game. think he's – I look, and this is the other point I wanted to make, too, about the Chiefs. Andy Reid's history, and you, might, you probably saw this tweet I sent out. 
He traded A.J. Feely for a second-round pick. He traded Kevin Cobb for a second-round pick and Dominique Rodgers-Camardi. He traded Donovan McNabb for a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick. And he's now traded Alex Smith for a third-round pick and Kendall Fuller. And the last two of those trades went to the same team, the Redskins. Learn your lesson, Washington. Yeah, I think that the um, the Feely trade was obviously ridiculous when it happened. And, that, oh, and, 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 that one and, and I had to look up to stuff. make sure it was real. Like, I, no, mean, I know it's real, but I had to, like, double. The Dolphins. Yeah, to the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's what Reed would do, because he had McNabb, and then, like, the, the backup would come in, and it come in a system and have a really good game. It was like the Matt Flynn thing, except Matt Flynn was obviously— The Kevin same, Cobb one, I think, is actually the most ridiculous one. Uh, you know what? I disagree, because when it happens, I remember thinking, like, because the Cardinals gave Cobb a big contract, and I was like, eh. But, like, Cobb was really good with the Eagles, and, like, I did not think that that deal was that outrageous when it was made. Was, okay. Mean, and what he had, he had, he had all his concussions and had to retire. I mean, yeah. look, look, it was a bad trade in hindsight, obviously for the Cardinals, but like at the time it was made, I didn't think it was that ridiculous. Well, the thing about the Cobb trade too, that you got to remember, and, and I remember, I distinctly, I don't know, it's you know, one of those weird spots you just remember writing about. I remember writing about it and having this revelation. The first NFL draft I ever covered was a 2011 NFL draft which also happened to be the, the the draft that happened in the middle of the lockout, right? Well, that's the Cam Newton, Blaine Gabbert. Cam Newton, Blaine Gabbert, Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, Andy Dalton, Colin Kaepernick. The interesting thing about that draft is that those teams were so desperate for quarterbacks, and there were only two – there's only one avenue to get them because there's no free agency because there's a lockout. So you had to draft a quarterback. The only other quarterback that was available outside of the draft was Kevin Cobb, widely regarded to be available via trade. And so it was sort of like the Cardinals got stuck on the outside looking in, and they had to make a move for Cobb, and um, it, it obviously backfired on him. Andy Reid just made people that's – the, that's the biggest reason I question this from, from Washington's perspective is – No, but Alex Smith is proven. Like Cobb and Feely at that point – Freddie were, McNabb! Oh, no, I, <laughs> But McNabb was at the end of his career at that point. Like that, that, that trade happened on Easter Sunday. I remember. Like you're talking about things I remember. Yeah. That is that is correct. And he traded McNabb in the division. And I think one of the biggest. Yes, yes, I mean, I, how dumb do you have to be to make that deal? Like, oh, you want we play you twice a year, and you want to give us for a starting quarterback? Where do I sign? Like, right. or for a second round pick? Or yeah. The other thing too, I think that a big factor in Andy Reid's decision to trade Alex Smith to Washington. That he knew he would get uh, Alex Smith gets a contract out of it. Clearly, he knew. I mean, Alex Smith knew yesterday he was getting a contract out of it if it's agreed upon. Now, um, he gets him out of the conference and he gets him out of the division because the Denver Broncos had to be considered one of the teams. Jason Lockenford and I talked about this. One of the teams would be interested in Alex Smith if he hit free agency, and you don't want Alex Smith. You don't want to play him twice a year. And so I think that says a lot. If he if he thought Alex Smith was washed, he trades him to the Broncos. So and, and he did him a solid by not trading him to the Browns. Of course, yeah, 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 that was very nice of him. So, with that in mind, now these teams, the Broncos, the Browns, the Jets, the Cardinals, the Buffalo Bills, I guess, in theory, could qualify too. Definitely. All are landing spots, potentially, for Kirk Cousins, who's about to walk into free agency and get the biggest contract in NFL history, I believe, unless he wants to go to two other teams that are sleepers for him, Nick, the Minnesota Vikings or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cousins said yesterday you on the radio. the Jaguars are only a sleeper for him? I, I would put the Jaguars in that first group. Well, the Jaguars might be on the hook for $19 million for Blake Bortles with a wrist injury, so who knows. But maybe, maybe look, they got cap space. Maybe, maybe spend it. Where, how would you, 
where would you where do you think Kirk Cousins will land and where would be your number one Kirk Cousins destination? Because I think the obvious situation is Jacksonville or Minnesota if you want to see one of those teams make another run next year. Well, I, I think Case Keenum is going to be in Minnesota next year. I think I, I, I don't know necessarily know that I would make that move. I just think that the Case Keenum will, will at least come back and be compete for the starting job. And there are some other names out there, like Sam Bradford's going to be a free agent. So it's going to be fascinating to see where he where he ends up. Where do I think Cousins will end up? I think Cousins is going to end up with the Jets. I think that the Jets are going to throw a boatload of money at him, and I think he's going to end up with them because the Jets are going to give him a ton, and that's where that's where I think it's going to happen. If I were Kirk Cousins, where would I go? I'd go to Denver. I think I'd go to the Broncos with that defense. I mean, they still got some weapons there. John Elway knows how to build around the quarterback. I think Denver, outside of Minnesota, if Minnesota manifests itself, then maybe the Vikings because you get to play with Diggs and Thielen and that defense um, in a dome. But I think if I'm Kirk Cousins, I think Denver would be the spot I would want to go to because I really don't think that that team is that far off from competing. They just obviously were brutal at the quarterback position last year, and it was the albatross slung around their collective neck. Yeah, and, and I think that what you're going to see from Cousins in the next to we're recording this on January 31st, he can't even sign. He won't even be a free agent. The Red, look, the Redskins could still go rogue and, and tag him and try to trade him if they want. That's not off the table. It is unlikely, but it's not off the table. You tag him 44 million, whatever he gets in free agency, you know, he's it's going to be involved there. Um, I think what you're going to see with Cousins is a if he's a free agent is a decision that is made not entirely on money. I think he will take a ton of money. I think he will get a ton of money, but I think he will want to go somewhere where he's already made a ton of money to your point. Yeah. He drives a conversion van. Like he, if he went to the jets, it's does he really? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. He's like a simple man with simple taste. Right. I'm a CBSI and I drive a BMW. Something's wrong with this equation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know what we call that little, little man syndrome? <laughs> One of you is going to be really rich in, in 15 years. Uh, <laughs> uh, I drive an Well, God willing, it'll be me in 15 years. He's already really rich. So God that's willing, right, it'll right, be me. Right. Um, but I think the thing with Cousins, so like he, you, it's hard to p- say he would go to Minnesota right now because they don't have an offensive coordinator. You know, they have a great defense. No, but they're going to hire one here in the next little bit. Sure. But I, I, I guess the point I was going to make with the Jets is Jeremy Bates – and this has been pointed out, I think Albert Breer pointed out, don't count out the Jets, Albert Breer, the MMQB. The Jets make sense because Bates is a guy who comes from that Shanahan, uh, you know, Kyle, Mike, Shanahan, the Shanahan clan sort of uh, tree. And as a result, Cousins will be comfortable and familiar with the offense that he goes into. I don't think he's one of good – he's not going to – he's almost 30. He's not going to go somewhere – He's a new dad. He's not going somewhere that's horrible to play in, that's a bad team. Just, he's not going to go to the Browns just for the money. Now, if he thinks the Browns can compete, then but maybe doesn't, he does. Doesn't, doesn't he feel like, and I am basing this on nothing, not nothing, but not a lot, that he's the kind of guy that would be up for that, that challenge, right? Mm. Look, if you go to the Jets, it's a challenge too, but I think you can go to the Jets and say, okay, you know, they got some pieces that they're starting to build. They've got some early picks. I can sign here. I work in a comfortable offense. It's a big market. You know, he's comfortable in a big market. Look, if you go to the Browns and the Browns – Draft. The problem is, if you go to the Browns, they have to promise you they're not going to take a quarterback. Like, I mean, 
That would be, out of all the things the Browns have done, giving Kirk Cousins the largest contract in NFL history and then drafting a quarterback number one would be but, the most Browns thing out of all of them. Exactly. And if you're, look, if you're Kirk Cousins, you've been jerked around your entire professional career. You were drafted as a backup to Robert Griffin III. You were yanked in and out of the starting lineup when he was injured. You've been yanked around. Look, you got paid, but you've been yanked around on one-year deals. You feel like, you don't feel like you've had a comfortable home. You want to feel wanted. Right, of course. Everyone wants wants to feel that. Right. So Sometimes you want to (laughs) go. But you don't want to be Mike Glennon 2.0 who goes to the Browns. They draft Josh Rosen, and everybody's like – and it's like you struggle. They're like, where's Rosen? Where's Rosen? There's there's obviously a major difference between the two. Between – like Glennon. if Kirk Cousins signs with the Browns, Kirk Cousins is starting for the Browns. They're not drafting a quarterback at one, and that guy's and Cousins is getting benched seven games into the season. Dude, weird things happen, okay? No, no, that would be no, – dude, come on. No, that would be the weirdest out of all the weird things that – Kirk Cousins – Mike Lennon got a, a short deal. Kirk Cousins is getting the largest contract in NFL history. They're going to bench him after seven games? Are you nuts? No, they won't bench him after seven games, but you don't want to – you don't want to be involved. Like, don't you think that the Browns are going to draft a quarterback in the top four picks regardless? This is what's going to happen. If the Browns sign Kirk Cousins, they're trading the number one pick. And they'll probably I've... stay stand pad at four. They'll make that pick. Minka Fitzpatrick or maybe Saquon Barkley if he falls. And then they're going to stockpile picks because someone's going to want to come up and leapfrog the Giants and get that quarterback at number one. Sure, and they'll yeah. get a King's ransom for it for Sam Darnold probably. Sure. So don't Browns disagree. are the Catford seat here if they sign Kirk Cousins. Trade that number one pick. You move down. You get more assets. And I got news for you. I know we say it every year. And every year they go 0-16. So it's really ridiculous until they get Hugh Jackson the hell out I can see a situation where I like right. Browns. <laughs> it's, it's not that crazy, right? Because, I mean – really isn't. I wrote about it. Joe Thomas broke this down. He was did that ESPN car wash thing, and he said, go pay Kirk Cousins a ton of money, draft the best defensive player. In my opinion, you could, t- you could take Bradley Chubb number one overall if you wanted. He's that good. I promise you he's that good. I know i got a state helmet sitting back here on my, on my desk. Bradley Chubb is that good. In a non-quarterback draft, if he was in last year's draft, he, he probably goes number one overall. Um, you pair Bradley over, Chubb over, and Miles over Garrett. Over Miles Garrett? You think he's better? They would, he would have gone too. I don't know the I don't know the answer to that. That's why I'm asking. I like him better than Miles Garrett, but Miles Garrett is very good. Anyway, you're going to pair Garrett and Chubb and Emmanuel Ogba, and then you got I mean, like you got talent on the defensive line. You got uh, Jamie Collins there as well. You got some defensive players. You got Jabril Peppers, and then you get Saquon Barkley at four, assuming that the Colts don't take him, or otherwise you're going to running back in the second round. And all of a sudden, you, you're right. Like I would buy, I would talk myself into the Browns winning six games. I love that six is the number. Like it's, it's a lot. It's six I mean, times as many games as Hugh Jackson's. Hey, by the way, we're recording this on uh, what day is it, Nick? What's the date? January, January 31st. Happy Hugh Jackson Day, buddy. One thirty one. You need to you need to tweet that, by the way. That guy stole it from somebody else on Twitter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> happy That's Hugh good. Jackson Day. Um, That's good. Okay, so. Kirk Cousins needs to go out there in the market. He needs to find a spot where he's wanted. It's hard to be wanted. You got to find love, right, Nick? That was great. So basically, Will and I did the thing where we look at each other on Skype, and I'm going, "Give it to me for eHarmony." And Will's struggling. I can see it etched on his face, struggling for three to seconds, thinking, "How yeah, am I, I going to segue here?" I think you tried to segue to it with everybody wants to be wanted. I do. <laughs> this is great. All right, so here's the deal: if you're trying online dating, chances are you've run into it. And I say this all the time because I do online dating. I am the only single member of the Pick Six Podcast. I love online dating. It's really who the hell's got the time to go out there all the time and try and meet people? I work all the time. Chances are you do too. 
That's why online dating is great. But if you're doing online dating, these are the chances that you're running into these situations. Lazy messages, nothing worse than, hey, hey, how are you? And then it dies from there. Those dead end conversations and just random matches. Because if you're like me, you swipe right on everybody. You get these random matches. You're not going to date three quarters of these people. You can't get to know someone just by looking at your at their picture. Here's why eHarmony is great, because eHarmony has the matchup algorithm, right, that, that you take the personality quiz when you sign up, and you really get a sense, A, for who you are and what you like, and B, for what you're looking for in a mate, and that's really where the attraction is built. Physical, physical is obviously great, gets you in the door, but you've got to be able to connect and have a conversation for someone to stay in the room. And that's why eHarmony is unlike many other online dating sites, built to help you find lasting, meaningful relationships. It's not a shallow hookup site. If you want to do a shallow hookup, God bless you. eHarmony, probably not the place for you, but you want a long-lasting relationship, Valentine's Day right around the corner, you want a nice date on February the 14th, eHarmony can help you make it happen. They've helped over a million people find their perfect match using years and years of science data, psychological research. And right now, our listeners can get a free month with eHarmony. Think about this, a free month. If you send two emails a day, that's 60 plus emails, I guarantee you, well, I can't guarantee it, but I think it's more than likely that you will end up getting emails back and you'll probably go, right, mathematically, it's, it dictates it, you will go on at least one date, right, with a free month from eHarmony, at least one and probably more if you send a bunch of emails. You get a free month when you sign up for a three-month subscription. So three months of eHarmony, make it four and make it four on the Pick 6 Podcast. Enter our code PICK at checkout. So stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps. Trust me, I have. But when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's only one app built to bring you true love, eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter our code PICK at checkout. Go from Nick to Will. Just <laughs> eHarmony. No, I, mean, I gotta I, be honest. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. No. I know. I. I am also happy. I love my. Hey, hey, believe me. If 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 I was single, I would be using eHarmony. I would be taking that code. We would be giggling about our about our codes. I would get to read about it too. By the way, Kirk Cousins. Odds released by BetDSI.eu. The Cleveland Browns are the favorites to sign him, plus 175. Jets, plus 230. Broncos, 3-1. to one. Buffalo Bills, 4.5-1. to one. Dolphins, 7.5-1. to one. Cardinals, 10-1. to one. Cardinals are great value there. The Jaguars, 15-1. to one. And the, the Buccaneers, why are the Buccaneers in this list? What are we doing? What are we doing? This you is know, a terrible you list. Know, you know the Dolphins are interesting, right? Sure, yeah. They're crazy and free agency, tax-free. Why are the Buccaneers they're, on this list? They're going, to, uh, they're going to take a quarterback, aren't they, the Dolphins, in the first round? They should, I, at least. According to, I mean, you, Prisco and Lock and Four have said it on here, and, and they are generally pretty accurate when it comes to Adam Gase stuff. Um, they say he likes Tannehill, so we'll see. Okay, good luck. Good I think luck. he likes Tannehill. Good luck. I, I, I'm looking forward to in two or three years from now when we're talking about Adam Gase learning from the experiences from his first head coaching stint as he tries to get a second one. Yeah. I like I like Gase a lot, but we'll see. I, I don't um, dislike him, but I mean, would you if you were the coach there, would you roll Ryan Tannehill out as the unquestioned starter this year? No, I, not in this draft. I'd go get a quarterback, too. Right. Speaking of things that are great, we don't have to be nice about Thursday Night Football anymore. Oh, you know why? Because it's I, gone. I, I, it's no, going to Fox. I, yeah, I saw Five that. years, Fox. Look, 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 I'll get, CBS and NBC did such a great job. Mostly CBS did such a great job with Thursday Night Football and the NFL Network and the NFL that the NFL, which dying niche sport, Nobody watches because of the anthem protest. 
just sold Thursday Night Football to Fox over five years for $3.3 billion. $100 billion. Dude, that's a crazy number. And by the way, it's not even Thursday Night Football anymore. It's Thursday Night Football presented by Bud Light. They actually released that in the press release. It's Thursday Night Football presented by Bud Light. I have a theory. Here's what they should do, Nick. They should simulcast Thursday Night Football on Fox News presented by Bud Heavy. And for 60 minutes, everyone that watches has to stand, ended up draped in an American flag while the Star Spangled Banner plays. What do you think? I think it's a good idea that it's good that Jason Lock and Foro is not on this podcast. That's my You're thought. Right. That, is, that is probably good. Um, any thoughts on that deal? Good for good. Look, the, good for the NFL. For good for the NFL. Football, um, yeah, God bless. Um, it's good for you personally. I guess it is, right? Yeah. No Thursday night Thursday. show. What do you mean, no Thursday night show? Well, you won't have like a Thursday night pregame show. Yeah, but yeah, well, yeah, we got some stuff in the pike here at CBS. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be more work, but that's okay. Um, I that's like a, games. Oh, what's happening? What's, there's not going to be a second Thursday night game. No, not a second Thursday night game, but I'm going to have to do shows around the game. Oh, of course, but you won't have to do like a. I don't know, like, oh, the pregame show that's not on CBS. Yeah, I mean, like that's hey, that's how I got my start on on uh, on online video. It was the Thursday night football show. I love Thursday night football. I used to yeah. work with Joy Taylor. Yes, Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richard were down there. Pete you know what? I, I I like Thursday Night Football better when it was on CBS. I'll say that. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, two storylines from the Super Bowl. Very quickly, we're going to get out of here. But Tom Brady, he's going to play despite that hand. He's going to battle through. Shut up. Wow, wow, what, what a trooper! <laughs> he like, actually all, got... all, all, he, all he did was shred the best defense in the NFL less than two weeks ago with that injured hand. Interestingly, I heard Scott Zolak on um, NFL Network. Scott Zolak does the the radio call for 98.5, the Sports Hub, CBS Sports Radio affiliate for the Patriots games. And he said that Tom Brady told him on Wednesday night last week before the, or two weeks ago before the Jaguars game, he wasn't sure if he, if he was going to be able to play. He thought he. Enough of the crap. Like, I'm not saying Zolak has made that up. I've no doubt that Brady said that to him and Zolak's telling the truth. Look. Brady went out there and destroyed the Jaguars. Were there were some instances where maybe he didn't have the same oomph on the ball? Sure. He is more than capable of going out and shredding the Philadelphia Eagles because he's the greatest quarterback of all time, period, end of story. I didn't want to hear any more about the stupid hand injury. I'm done yeah. with it. Because like okay. it's, it's, it, was, it, was, oh, it was fair before the Jaguars game because we didn't know what the hell was going on. We didn't know what they were going to get from Brady. He went out there and threw two fourth-quarter touchdown passes against the best defense in the NFL. Like, enough with the Brady hand injury. Enough with it. What about the Gronk concussion injury? Gronk said yesterday, Gronk not available to the media all week long, but then he goes to a Microsoft Xbox event, plays Madden against LeGarrette Blount, and he gets cornered by Josina Anderson. I don't know if you saw this clip or not. She's like, are you playing? Are you? Playing, and he's like, "Yes, yes, I'm playing." True true story about Josina Anderson. So, at the 49ers Ravens Super Bowl during the media breakfast, where all the players sit at tables and stuff, and the media goes and bothers them, um, she was trying to get in. So, I worked for NFL Radio at the time for Sirius XM, and Randy Moss was wrapping up. Remember, Randy Moss played for the Niners in that game at the end of his Mm -hmm. career. And she was about to do an interview with Randy Moss, and she's like, she was like, she was like butting in to try and make it happen. God bless her. She works for ESPN. I understand. But like, we needed to get him on Sirius XM NFL radio. So I just took the headset, handed it to Randy and said, NFL radio, put it on and did it. Josina Anderson was furious with me. Furious. She was very unhappy. Um, where was I going to go before I told that story? What were you talking about? Gronk, Gronk. Um, Gronk smash. Gronk's going to play. 
Um, yeah, of course Gronk's going to play. I mean, there, there's no question that uh, that Gronk's going to play. I feel like I you know what I just you know what I just realized. This is stupid and it's not going to help us. And you have to leave in literally like 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Um, we were going to do a whole prop bet podcast, and then the Alex Smith stuff destroyed it. Um, we can still do something though, right? Yeah, sure. We can do something. This, this, so this, is, this is what we'll do. You guys, you the three of you, do something separate. Oh, because you're going to be there. All right, we'll figure it out. But yeah, we, okay. we need to do something with prop bets for sure. The people, the people probably want prop bets, right? Cool. So at the very least, you call me on the phone. I'll give my pick for the game. Give three or four prop bets. We go from there. Perfect. Okay. Uh, and you've got to go. Gronk is playing. Tom Brady's going to play. It's the Eagles Patriots. The Super Bowl is coming soon at the Costas on Twitter at Will Brinson, Jason Luck and Pete Prisco from Radio Row. You can subscribe on iTunes. And thank you as always to the conductor, AKA Debo. That's what we should be calling him. That's what they call him on the on Danny Cannell and Roger Bell's off the bench podcast. I got Debo. Mind, I got mind control over Debo. What do you think about that, Debo? You like that? I'll take it. Whatever you guys want to call me. No, He's Debo. like, ah, are, are, are we still going here? Are, are, are you a fan of the movie Friday, Debo? I'm a big fan. One of my favorites. <laughs> you got knocked up. We got it. That could be. Um, that could be our new intro. Okay, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, talk to you. This I'll see you. Talk to you in Minnesota, buddy. Later.